The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. It is the Unpack Podcast here from acmepackingcompany.com and SB Nation talking about your in the playoffs green bay backers i am zach rapport dialing in from albuquerque new mexico follow me um at zach rapport and on uh, twitter and instagram and all that fun stuff follow the show at the unpack pod on all of those platforms we are coming to you today excitedly via the official glenn's not dead yet memorial zencaster account thank you glenn appreciate it um the Bears still suck. The Packers are in the playoffs. We got Alex. We got Nick. How's it going, guys? Great. Couldn't really be better, I think. We have playoff football. What else could you ask for? What else could you ask for? Let's talk about this hat, uh, Nick, real quick. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. For those uh, not uh, for those not present on our... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so everyone on, listening. On our Zoom call here. Uh, we've got a uh, 19... 96 Green Bay Packers Super Bowl hat, which I was going to ask. You cut me off in the in the pre-show. I was going to ask you if you even remember that game, and turns out you do. The answer is no. I would have been five, five or six. Oh, my God. I'm so old. Um, yeah. You're... Uh, you're you're the old you're the old guy holding this down. You can you can remember Alex. The do you, early you five remember years. this game? No, no. I remember the following year. You remember the following year. Okay, so I you remember were coming I, into I, I coherency yeah. at that point. Yeah, um, I remember my first of many heartbreaks uh, with this team. That's right. You it's told amazing me that, that yeah. I yeah. became a Packers fan. If that's literally one of the earliest games I can remember watching, and for some reason rooting for them, uh, and I've basically just been addicted to pain ever since. So. Um, you know, <laughs> well, nonetheless, it's a sweet hat. I wish I had that hat. Yeah, this is like, it's like an heirloom that was passed down to me. I probably shouldn't even be wearing it, but it was, it was dusted off, um, after spending a lot of time in some attic somewhere in, I think my grandparents' home. And I'm like, this hat's too sweet not to wear. And, um, today's a special occasion. So here it is as I don on on my little head here very elated <laughs> head. Uh, not only do i remember that game but i remember um <clears throat> the a couple days after the game being allowed to stay home from school to watch the return to title town like broadcast where the team comes back and they have a big reception at lambo and everyone's elated because the team had sucked for 30 years Mm. Um, and it was a big deal. And there were a lot of, uh, <laughs> the towny vibes were strong on the, uh, local news broadcast of the yeah. title town. We actually, we taped it on a VHS and like every couple of years we'd break it. <laughs> it is aged like fine wine. Um, but enough about the past. Let's talk about the present because that is also awesome. As it turns out, the Packers, um, beating the bears. Uh, let's just get into, um, Get into notable nuggets here. Um, hashtag note nugs. Tweet at us after every game with your takeaways. I'll go first. My notable nugget is um, that I owe this offensive coaching staff an apology. I was very critical earlier in the year of the offensive coordinator, of the uh, the offensive line coach. 
um, and and by extension, Matt Lafleur, and it hasn't been perfect, but they have they've really come together. They've really pulled off something special. And will they win in Dallas? I don't know. I tend to think probably not. Let's let's we'll we'll wait. Maybe not put those vibes out into the world yet, but it's it's just been uh it's it's been a special season and um yeah i'm i'm sorry uh, this is an official apology to uh to the coaching staff particularly the offensive line i'd be interested um once all is said and done this season to get someone like justice on to talk about uh what he saw down the stretch uh with them because it was looking pretty rough earlier in the year yeah they couldn't figure out what those rotations looked like um, for a long time, it it just seemed like there wasn't consistency there, but that like married with, we've talked about it a handful of times, like wide receivers running wrong, running oh, yeah. wrong routes. How could I, and... forget? how could I forget to mention that <laughs> or wide receivers running no routes yeah, or running the same route and crashing into each other? Yeah. It was a perfect storm of, I don't want to say incompetence, but just like, um, you know, youth early on that um, didn't allow like wh- one one element of the offense didn't perform well enough to pick another up. So um, it's all coming together at the right time. Yeah, I, I and then like Aaron Jones over the last couple of weeks, like I, we can't not make mention of how important that is to letting, you know, all of this stuff blossom in a, in a really nice way. So. Yeah, I mean, he's special. He's still got it. Um, but some of that success also offensive line coming together because that performance was not happening two months ago. Correct. Correct. Yeah. It's, and like, no, I don't know if any of us thought Bakhtiari was gonna, at the beginning of the season, make it anywhere close to the end of the season. We thought he'd make it more than one game probably. Um, but down the stretch, it didn't really matter very much. I mean, so yeah, that'll be an interesting uh, situation in the off season. What happens with David Bakhtiari? Yeah. Um, I had another thought off of this, and it's just gone. I'm just, I'm just riding high. <laughs> I'm just feeling, <laughs> just, I'm just feeling good. Um, someone else, give me a nugget. Alex, you go. Um, okay, so I don't remember if it was actually before the season began or if it was early in the season. Uh, but we did a little uh, round of uh, everyone predicting what Chekhov's gun would be for this Packers team. Um, so I want to go back to what my prediction was because I said that I don't even know if it's fair to say that this is a Chekhov's gun, but very simply just injuries and health would do this team in. Um, I, you know, I mentioned how an already inexperienced team probably couldn't afford to lose any starters or veterans that play key roles I don't think that's the Chekhov's gun. Um, in fact, uh, the Packers are getting healthier than they have been pretty much all season at the right time um, and getting some of their best players, a la Aaron Jones, uh, and experienced players back at the right time. Um, and then you look forward to this game against the Cowboys. You know, I know uh, Christian Watson is still uncertain. I think Romeo Dobbs is too, although like, if I had to guess, I think Dobbs will be playing. Um, the Packers released an injury report uh, today, day of recording. Only A.J. Dillon was listed as out, but these were kind of estimates because they only really had a walkthrough, so it's not like a contact practice. But I say all that to say that a season that looked like it could be easily derailed by injuries before the Packers kind of got hot before Jordan Love went on this t- uh, kind of like tear of playing, quite frankly, like you know, MVP caliber football for the last eight weeks or whatever it is. Back to back NFC player of the week. Yeah, baby. Uh, I say all that to say that, you know, um, <laughs> they're peaking and recovering at the right time. So I don't, you know, I don't know that I would say that I could predict them to win. So usually Chekhov's gun is like the thing that ends us. Um, I, you know, barring some type of, really terrible thing that I don't even want to speak into existence about number 10 on Sunday. I don't think injuries would be the reason that the, this season comes to an end. Um, First of all, so I was wrong and I'm happy to be wrong. Uh, I'll say uh, two things. Uh, one is look at you, man. Extra credit for taking notes on something earlier in the season yeah. and following through. Uh, I was like 
as soon as you said that you were like referencing back, I'm like, wait, do I have a document? Is there something? I was going to say, you didn't happen to write down our Chekhov's gun, did you? Um, I, I was, as I was going through this in my head, I could almost remember like the episode, but I, right now, you know, that was like two hours ago, uh, which also extra credit for preparing more than an hour before this show or more than no a way. few minutes before. Um, I yeah I don't have it right now I'm sorry the second it, thing it'll I, come to me at some point the second thing I was going to say is that um one of our Chekhov's gun candidates has to have been um a name that starts with J and sounds like Mo Larry yeah I'm sure it was <laughs> absolutely and I don't know that we knew enough about him yet to uh name someone that um sounds like Xander's Tarlson, but uh you know he could easily be one too um <laughs> xanders that's a fun one i feel like special teams was kind of the genesis of Chekhov's gun actually uh for, as far as this podcast because it was bad for so long and we would always be talking about it shout out ben foldy um, former co-host yeah yeah so um but i don't I'm, think anyone named him either i'm pretty sure as as i think back on it which has been the theme of pretty much everything all all season i'm I'm confident either you or Isaac, I think it might have been me, uh, just said youth in general. And yeah. it's it's been a totally different story. You it's know. still been an issue. Like, yeah, 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 of course. You know, like the like the series of plays at the end of the first half against Chicago, like there's youth at play there preventing them from from putting points on the board heading into halftime. Yeah, um, but it's not. It, yeah, they're not. It's not like in years past when we'd say like special teams is the checkoff's gun. It's because the punt returner cannot field punts at any right. <laughs> any points. It hasn't been that bad. Yeah. Well, what I find interesting about the youth point, and maybe this, maybe a sports psychologist somewhere could like tell us about this. Um, and it also kind of plays into my thing about uh, them being healthy and also like injuries not derailing them because guys like Dontavian Wicks and Bo Melton and stuff have stepped up it. I, what I find impressive is that the youth on this team that I think has been most uh, exciting are generally players that were, there weren't much expectation from, right? Like it's not like we've been absolutely blown away by Christian Watson, even Musgrave. Like I know he was injured, but it's like, you know, a tier below Musgrave is Kraft, who's probably been the best tight end on this team. Uh, two wide receivers who are not uh, Romeo Dobbs and Christian Watson are, you know, have been our best two performers down the street. I guess J Jaden Reed is in there, and I guess you could say that there were some expectations of him. But I wonder if there's something to the fact that these were like fringe roster guys that had to step in and like they don't have that weight on their shoulders or whatever it is. Or maybe it's just because everything clicks when your quarterback just starts getting it i don't know what it is um but it's pretty insane that <laughs> that they've able they've been able to sustain what they've been doing with you know some of their most dangerous players out That's true. um and and i factor aaron jones in that too not that a running back necessarily stepped up in his absence but the productivity uh didn't necessarily go away and it was made up for in other ways and you know, that's creative that, ways to get Jaden read the ball, et cetera. So totally. that's, that's pretty damn cool. I think that goes back to coaching. And I remembered, I lost my train of thought earlier. The other thing that I wanted to say on the back of my note nug is um, Matt LaFleur is not going to be the coach of the year, but he is the coach of the year in my heart. And I don't want him to actually win the real <laughs> coach of the year award because that's almost like a Madden curse kind of thing. Like most yeah. coaches that win coach of the year have overperformed and never see success like that again. I actually don't want that award, but in my heart this year, Matt LaFleur coach of the year. I agree. And it's probably the second time at least that he should, that he's maybe the most deserving uh, person for it. And, uh, you know, winning 13 games back in the Rogers days, um, you know, right, right. Stepping in right away. I think it was deserving, but this is, this is more impressive. I, I, we gave him a lot of crap throughout the year and i know zach you already apologized like i, I want to jump onto that apology uh bandwagon and um while he still gives you know sometimes like you know somewhat scared energy an <laughs> overwrought vibes. sort of vibe yeah he, he doesn't coach like it at all <laughs> um 
And yeah, uh, I mean, what it, I, I, I am, I find it hard to believe that there are many other coaches in this league who would be able to get out of this offense, this roster, what he's been able to get out of it because yeah. it wasn't that many weeks ago that we were comparing like the receivers, the Packers were fielding to that Arizona playoff game when Rogers had like Jared Aberderis, <laughs> Jeff Janis, and like, I can't even remember the other guy um, oh. because everyone was hurt. And we were like, which receiving, <laughs> which receiving core was worse. <laughs> and one of them is going to the playoffs with a first year starter. So Trevor Davis on that team. Maybe. He might have been, or like Jared Boykin, maybe was still around. Remember Jared him? Boykin, <laughs> that's a good one for like to sit around and just name names, naming some guys coming this yeah. summer. The naming some guys edition of the Unlocked. Yeah. <laughs> All right, uh, Nick, give me a uh, give me a note, Doug. Yeah, I mean, mine is sort of adjacent to that, um, but it's just like round of applause for Dontavian Wicks, um, man. Uh, some of those some of those routes that he ran in this last Bears game, like the separation and I, and I spent a lot of time saying, like, I want to get away from comparisons in this in the last episode. But like it's it's Devonte Adams style level of separation, like not needing to do much with your arms and just like move, move. And all of a sudden you've got like five yards of distance between you and the D back. It's so cool to like that first that first um, throw that Jordan Love made off his back foot. Um, he was like, by the time he like made his way through his progression, Wicks was so open in the end zone. He's just like, Holy hell. How did you get here? Bam. Touchdown. Um, but, and he's kind of been doing that all year and it's just taken a while for it to come together. Yeah. And that's, and that's sort of like you, Alex, you mentioned like guys that we didn't have high expectations of going into the season or like, you know, grandiose expectations of like Wicks fell to where he fell um, because of a less than stellar 2002 season. And he was at Virginia. But if you look at his 2001 season, like he was like an all ACC player. He had over a thousand yards. He was like an incredible asset to that team. And then like a team marred with like Brennan Armstrong, was the quarterback and he was a quarterback at second year as well, but he had like this crazy regression and you know, the first that first year or the second year he started or whatever, he was like a Maxwell award finalist or semifinalist, like Johnny United's golden arm finally see like he was decorated and this regression marred with like some of that tragedy that happened with Virginia, like whatever. Um, like there were, there were a bunch of extenuating circumstances that um, like could have led to, Wicks, you know, not performing as well, but he was a guy that like, like hand, like all praise goes to Goody. Like you, you grab this dude who was like ready to perform on this team and stepped in and, and has done such a good job. So like he's in my book, he's sort of overtaken the role that like Romeo has on the outside. Like I think love trusts him more than Dobbs. Like he's like, and he's, and he plays in the slot all the time too, but like it's, it's Reed Watt. It's all right. It's a, it's Reed Wicks and Kraft right now who are sort of anchoring this like receiving core, which we would have never thought going into the season. Yeah. I'm really excited to see where this goes next year. And you mentioned Goot. I mean, talk about blank of the year, like executive of the year, maybe, I don't know. I, there's no, there's no curse. I don't think associated with executive of the year, but um, to take a team where you basically turned over all your veteran players and drafted 13 players, all of which are still NFL players, uh, most of most of whom on on this team, um, and to make the playoffs, to be a year ahead of schedule, to be like to have your rebuild take a couple months in season is pretty remarkable. And um, I mean, I hope we can sustain that success. I don't know if we're counting our chickens a little early, but um, Early returns, <laughs> very positive yeah. on the executive mm-hmm. function this year. Yeah, maybe so. But like, this is how Super Bowl teams are crafted. This is how consistency is crafted. It's built in this way, so you have like you don't have these major contracts out there. So when the time comes, when cap space is freed up a little bit, 
like you can go out and get some of those acquisitions that like put you over the top a la charles woodson or whoever from the past um it's it's like a really it's a really exciting place to be in looking towards the future yeah um some note nugs coming in from twitter tyler tweeting in give love the mahomes contract <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about that, but we did talk contract earlier in the season and I feel like we were it was there was some some trepidation like maybe there's some kind of extension we can get him on the get him on the cheap. Uh some people were were very very wait and see. Um where are we now fellas? I feel like we're 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 locking this guy in for like 40 years or something. Back up the Brinks truck. Yeah, I, I don't. Uh, I don't think there's a yeah. I don't think there's a contract you can give him right now that's not a mutually beneficial one. Yeah, like, yeah, I agree. I mean, I I just really can't believe it. Like, I just <laughs> I can't. They did it again. I can't believe that um, that we're here. Um, and yeah, it's not. You know, I I I hate to be absolute about anything, but. History would suggest, based on his productivity levels, that it's not a fluky thing and that it's real. And yeah. uh, also just considering what's around him and how little football he's played, there is no reason to believe that he can't be better than he has been. And even if he is just consistently what he has been yeah. this year, like that's still in this league good enough yeah. if you have the right even if on balance name. throughout his career he's top 15 with stretches of top 10 that's then he's worth yeah that's good enough mm-hmm. yeah and yep. and and you said it the ceiling looks looks higher than that right now yeah and we always i feel like described him as someone from the very limited glimpses we got of him as someone with you know whose floor is not that low but then at the start of this year there were times that he was kind of just lingering at that floor um but i that floor has since been raised um and yeah oh man it's it's i just i disbelief at times that this like only because like we've seen so many like franchises who just can never do like there are franchises who in my lifetime have not had one this caliber yeah. you know like it's just it's absolutely bonkers man if you're the rest of the nfc north or the NFC in general, or just someone who has a general distaste for the Packers, which is probably a lot of people. Let's be real. We're yeah. pretty obnoxious. Um, you have to be so mad. I mean, you know, the bears again, who have been swept for the unteamed time are probably moving on from fields, probably drafting a quarterback. They just, they're doing the same rinse repeat that they did the year that they drafted fields, which is that they're keeping the coach, but gutting the staff. So it's kind of like a lame duck coach situation. So they're going to get a young coach. Uh, they're going to get a young quarterback in there. Um, who's going to play his rookie season under a coach. who's not going to be there the next year. I have every faith in the world um, in the Chicago bears stunting the growth of another quarterback. <laughs> oh, yeah. And I mean, you said it, there's, there's a number of teams like that. I just, Chicago is the example that comes to mind because we just played them there in the division, but there are, Many a team who seem to excel at not having a good quarterback. Isn't it amazing too that that's that the Bears, you know, kind of went into this season with some hope that I think we all called out as like unwarranted, uh, but also just joy around the fact that like we, you know, we the backers would not be, uh, you know, contenders, not Super Bowl contenders, but even like playoff contenders that they could be like a five six win team. Yeah. Um. And they're sitting here now. Yeah. I mean, they must feel really good about their draft capital, but also a change at quarterback and a lack of faith in anyone actually developing that quarterback. And oh, by the way, a brand new coaching staff other than the head coach, which is a weird one to me. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, so it must have been a negotiation piece. Like, you yeah. can, yeah, you have to clear house if you want to stick around. I wonder what that does. And this is a total like aside uh, has nothing to do with the Packers, but just generally like reputation wise in the league, like does, does he have to 
kind of like sign off on that himself? And like, what does that do to the relationships you have? Cause like generally when coaches get hired, they bring in their guys, right? Like their staff is all guys they've probably worked with before, but like, I wonder what that does to his relationships with those guys, because like he sucks, you know, like he's not very good <laughs> either, but he gets to keep his job yeah. and these guys are just tarnished and get tossed away. Yeah. But like, whose fault is that really? You know, like that's crazy to me. Yeah. That, that'd be like, you know, it'd be like almost like Matt LaFleur, like firing Joe Barry and uh, not taking any accountability for the defense. Oh, wait, that's exactly what we <laughs> almost want. Almost like that. To oh, happen. Yeah. Um, and we are dangerously close to that being an impossibility, by the way. But anyway. Yep. Got a PJ. We are one bad Dak Prescott playoff game away from that. You realize that, right? Yep. And that's not a crazy thing to envision. <laughs> PJ tweeted in his note, Nunk, Joe Barry. Just let a defense that stopped the Bears from scoring a touchdown. That's probably enough for Matt to keep him around next season. I wouldn't go that, that far Bears, just though. yet, but it is the Bears. let's yeah, let's hope not. <laughs> I don't know. He's 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 stuck around through a lot thus far and got and got hired on a it wasn't even like it wasn't even like he like plagiarized his resume. Everybody knew what he had done in the past. <laughs> he didn't. <laughs> yeah it's on it's out there there's statistical records of it yeah. it's on tv every single week it's not like me when i like you know just tweak my title and you know exactly what i was doing yeah. according to the job i apply for <laughs> yeah um, incredible um one final note nug and then we'll uh we'll take it to break and do some poetry um john tweeting in we'll give him uh we'll give him we'll give him the music because Oh, wow. Chicago beaten with nary a punt in sight. Playoffs now beckon. Hashtag Haiku Nug. Yeah. Nice job. <laughs> we'll be right back, guys. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. All right, we are back, and we're going right back behind the curtain for some poetry. Bread to hate them boys. But... It's lonely being a warrior sometimes. It's the McCarthy Bowl, baby. Oh, man. <laughs> Alex, tell me how you feel about the McCarthy Bowl. I'm sure you got you got all kinds of feels. Uh, I am not conflicted in any way because that would suggest that I would feel bad about the Packers winning this game. However, um, I, from a matchup perspective... I think I prefer this to the other options. Maybe. Uh, actually, I think I would have preferred to play Detroit. I would have preferred the Lions. Yeah. From a uh, emotional perspective, this was the the matchup I did not want. Um, I don't know. I'm I'm conflicted. You know, he be, because I know like if if he's the coach to lose to this team. <laughs> Uh, forget just the Packers past, right? Just like Cowboys, huge expectations, finally a great year, really explosive offense. If they go out and they lay an egg, like we've seen a McCarthy offense do in a meaningful playoff game here or there, um, you know, because it's the Cowboys, 
he's gonna get he's gonna get so much heat and the man has been through so much already like when he's really done such a great job in his his two head coaching gigs in this league but i don't know i guess i'm also a little excited um it doesn't have the same pizzazz as it would now that we have a new quarterback that he's got no ties to yeah like there's this is just it's such a new era team like there's no none of that juice is really left um so yeah i really wish it was it were someone else but i'm excited <laughs> for it i uh i poured myself a giant glass of coke zero to uh purposely drink soda so that i could burp a lot during the show but i actually finished it so early that i feel like i'm not even like gassy can't get the mccarthy anymore. burp going hey, i thought so... zach teed you up for a nice uh a nice felch right at the beginning there yeah i know but I decided to pass on it. Maybe, maybe before the show is out. But uh, yeah, Coke Zero, not an official sponsor of the show, but according to Alex Patakis, the only Coke you need. <laughs> Definitely, I, I it tastes better than the one that has real sugar. And maybe what I'm drinking is worse than drinking sugar. But I mean, it's the only one I could tolerate now. It's definitely like some kind of very strange chemical that's doing weird things to your insides. But so is regular yeah. Coke. So. Yeah, it's all bad. Um, drink water, folks. <laughs> yeah, generally, I would say just don't drink soda if you could avoid it. But um, when you're doing a uh, damp January, <laughs> damp, um, a moist January, sometimes you need something other than water because you've been drinking water all day uh, and all week. And coffee at this hour probably isn't the move. So what is a, a damp move. January? Is that like you'd only drink once a week? Yeah, it's just not quite dry, but not open uh, for interpretation. Oh, I gotcha. Okay. <laughs> not a monsoon like my normal, like months. I don't know. It's somewhere in between the middle ground. We're a we're a Topo Chico household over here. There you go. Um, although I found out um it's quite high in microplastics. But oh. I also found out today via headline that uh just bottled water in general is high in microplastics. So anything yeah. you ingest. I mean, we all got a die of something so <laughs> might as well be um, slowly becoming 40 percent plastic that kills us yep. all <laughs> i think whatever's in coke zero is the least of my worries i also happen to live next to a super fun site so i'm probably breathing in some <laughs> some things that like you know <laughs> are register on like the highest toxicity uh <laughs> scale that there is so yeah you live on some type of like biohazardous bog yeah Exactly. Aaron Brockovich walking around your neighborhood. Um, all right. Who's next on the, uh, on the I'll poetry? Go. You'll go? Right. I feel like Nick put, uh, this is like a good finisher, right. I think, from what I've, from what I've heard. Right. There's whispers. An ancient scripture of almost mythical, of almost mythical throws may need updating. I'm mad I stumbled. There was once a time uh, back in the old radio days where I think uh, a good friend of ours, Mr. Gabe Neitzel, uh, ESPN Milwaukee legend, um, just did like a whole hour of radio just going back and forth listing off our favorite and most memorable Aaron Rodgers throws. Um. I'll put Ding the quarter on. in the jar. Bing. It wasn't like in a... <laughs> it. Doesn't matter. Rules are rules. I didn't even mention the late night host. Come on. Oof. And that's like <laughs> low hanging fruit. Um, there was once a time where we just traded like throws back and forth and basically created this list. And this was like, you know, with many years of him in Green Bay left. And I've forgotten about that. And I've accepted that that list is to be retired. But I think we have a couple nominations from yeah, Jordan Lovery that might go on that list. Yeah. And I just can't believe that we're saying that. And the one, I, there was a few in this game, but for me, for some reason, I think the like mentality that it takes to throw the ball that he threw to Melton, like the, I know you're covered. I don't give a shit. I'm zipping this in there so hard, like right off your, like the back of your skull. Um, so there's nothing you can do about it. That, that one is going to stick with me for a long time and it's very, very different, but I think the feeling it gave me was, uh, 
my favorite of the throws that I nominated for that list, which was there's this one play against the Minnesota Vikings a long time ago. It was like over the middle to Jordy Nelson, and it was just like it literally whistled. Oh yeah, the ear hole contact. Oh yeah, to the ear hole of uh, oh my god, he's a longtime Viking linebacker who was super annoying. I I'm blanking on his name right now, um, but it had that kind of mentality. Like it was real like gunslinger mentality, but yeah. with also ridiculous accuracy and trusting your guy to make a play. Um, so it's a spiritual touchdown in my book, even though it's not a actual touchdown. Um, so that one will go, that one will go on that list. And, and before we know it, love's going to have his own little list of these. It's, it's pretty are, insane. There are some very, very, um, legitimate nominations in one year of starting. I will give you that. Yeah. I mean, we were questioning the accuracy and arm talent in general. Like the first half of this year, like this guy can't throw downfield. And now all of a sudden, like I, I kind of forgot all about that. I'm like, this guy's arm is insane. <laughs> it was almost like we were like, we know he has the capability to do that. Why? What, what is like stymieing that from happening? Yeah. So, but, but yeah, to your, to your point, like I, the, it's like we're living in two different seasons almost like, I don't know what the actual turning point was. Like feels like that lions game to me was like, Oof. Like now, now we're playing with the big boys. Um, but he, he had some of those, you know, those really talented throws early in the season, but yeah, now it's, it's just effort. It, I shouldn't say effortless, but it feels that way. He, he makes it look like so poised and then just hoof launch. Yeah. It. Just give, give you all kinds of feelings when, when they, those things happen. Um, I am now, uh, down i'm already deep down a youtube rabbit hole trying to find that it's hard to find that that jordy nelson catch because there are so many touchdowns against the vikings i don't think it was a touchdown that might be the or was it did he take it to the, he might have actually taken it the distance but it was a lot of yak i honestly i i remember tweeting like a screen grab of it so if i go back to my twitter and go all the way back to like 2000 and uh, 14 or something i could probably find it um or 15 but uh touchdown is it this one anyway it's not that um one. all right now i'm just <laughs> mumbling as i look at youtube someone out no. there knows it tweet at us at the unpack pod send us the uh send us the link so we can relive the glory but uh, uh as as you said alex i think um we've got a new pastime we've got new highlights to collect so um, maybe that'll be a fun exercise this off season is kind of like compiling that list and then we can have a running document going forward. I know that, um, acmepackingcompany.com every year does their like top plays as voted on, um, by the contributors. So I'm sure there'll be a few, uh, a few on that more than a few probably on that list. Yeah. Um, yeah. And even the ones that don't look quite as crazy, I mean, we we were uh, Nick and I were watching this game together. I mean, we went absolutely nuts on the first touchdown that he threw off of his back foot. Like, I don't know. It's it, the fa- I, the fadeaway jumper. But it's so weird because you're just like you know like this guy like he this guy was playing quarterback before he was an understudy to you know who. But like, how, do, he, does he really sit there and like study these habits and then just like actually just like pick them because it's like some of that stuff isn't stuff that you would want to coach into him. Yeah. So like, but, but it's happening yeah. and the result is similar. I mean, I sh- I'm sure great. you see the guy in front of you who's an all time great doing some of that stuff in practice. And you're like, I want to do that. That's fun. I mean, it's, um, similarly, you know, with the former guy to Favre, I just think it's, it's interesting as you pointed out how those past hall of famers have like some of their, habits and one habit from this guy, another habit from that guy has like seems to be like trickling in to the, uh, to the love arsenal. I'll be interested to see, um, next season, early in the season, what he looks like. Cause I, I have a hunch that they'll spend some time this off season working on fundamentals saying, Hey, you don't, uh, need to have, you know, both legs off the ground when you're throwing some of these passes. (laughs) It's like, you can use, you know, fundamentals, you can use, you know, leverage in your, in your, in your hips and feet and <laughs> throw yep. a proper so, ball. So, so long as they don't tweak it so much, yeah. you know, you know, yeah. just, just a, a little shove in that yeah. direction. I think it's good shine, for everyone. But you definitely, yeah, of course not. 
Um, all right, uh, Nick, Mr. Uh, Championship Hat over here. That's right. <laughs> you ready to read some poetry? I am. Okay. And um, we're, um, as promised last week, we're taking a, a different turn for the playoffs. <laughs> it's about time. A maiden voyage with love at the helm, expectations scattershot and unfair, an odyssey much poised to underwhelm. What was uncovered is something quite rare. Against odds, marry an expert to learn. This journey ends now and here, it was told. To shape the future as the past has seen, youth, love, and trust value greater than gold. A foundation laid in a future bright, the past rears its head in a different form. A friend turned foe with a hero to smite, but this hero already faced the storm. In Lambo's hallowed halls, the echoes sound. Youth is not wasted as love knows no bounds. You know when they do like uh, the lead in to the broadcast and they have somebody like, you know, someone with a very uh, amazing, you know, voice that resonates with so many people around and they like they read a script basically when they're showing highlights to hype up the game. Mm -hmm. I feel like they could just do that. Like they could they could just take that. Um, Yeah, I don't know why like the medieval theme would actually work its way into this broadcast, but like, you know, (laughs) uh, if they were to, they could just like clip that audio and do it or just like hand it over to like John Hamm or someone to voice. The the autumn wind is a raider. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. If, yeah, if if I had John Hamm's voice, man, we'd be going places. Um, (laughs) I think one of my favorite things about uh, this poem is actually imagining you like at work writing this <laughs> so like everyone like you're just on your laptop and everyone just assumes that everyone else is working or dicking like off in some capacity the screen when someone walks right. by it's like the hallowed halls of lambo there's, hey, yeah <laughs> there's like biz dev nonsense happening in the background there's sales calls going on a manager is walking by someone's going to get coffee and you're literally writing a long form poem about the green Bay Packers <laughs> to read later on in your uh, fake internet sports talk show <laughs> on zoom on camera, but on mute. Yep. <laughs> looking, like looking like you're furious. Oh, yeah. Were you on a zoom call when you, uh, when you wrote that? Oh yeah. Th- yeah. It's uh, this, this has been a work in progress for the entire day in between calls. And then, yeah. <laughs> counting syllables, probably on camera. Like, Oh wait. Yeah. Nick, did you have a question? <laughs> Nope, yeah. sorry. <laughs> That's great. Oh, man. Um, but yeah, the the theme, which I mean, you you get you get a lot more ground to cover when you have as many syllables as the sonnet offers, uh, much more than a haiku. But the general theme was just you know um, the odyssey of Jordan Love and his youthful Packers throughout the entire season. And when I say the hero has already faced the storm. It's like the house money thing. Like that's like if we if we beat McCarthy, if we lose to McCarthy, like the the story's already sort of been written. It's like if if like of this season, we've already exceeded expectations. Um, this Packers team has exceeded expectations, gone gone far above and beyond. Um, the the youthfulness has impressed. It's the youngest team to make it, you know, to the playoffs in however long. So the rest is just gravy it's just a cherry on top or multiple cherries on top depending on what happens so um it's beautiful it's i i don't even know how to articulate it outside of my sonnet because i'm just like ecstatic to be here yeah it makes being a fan of this team super fun and it's i think the irony is and i'm kind of coming to this realization right now like this being the highest of stakes, like my expectations are almost as level and, you know, calm as they, as they can be because they achieved this point, which was like the, the, the total ceiling for what I thought was going to happen this year. Yep. Yeah. I will uh, dip back into the, the note nugs mailbag and shout out Steve Baker who tweeted at us 
enjoying the football. And that, that's like, that's where we are. And I think that's, that, that's what you're saying, Nick, is just, we've so far exceeded our expectations and we're so far into gravy land that it's just, it's a lot easier to just kind of just be, be content and happy and watching your team and enjoying some football. It's, it's super fun being the underdog in this situation, I think, because for a lot of years in a row, the Packers were not, and there are, and our collective heart was just ripped out and stomped on. So let's go yeah. get it. I um don't think that Jets fans spend too much mental energy worrying about what the Packers are doing, but at some point they have to be like, we gave up capital to get this guy who's basically brought all this unwanted attention to our franchise, dug us probably an even greater hole financially too. And also that you could move on to a quarterback who's better than he is already and, and have a better season than you had with him. Yeah. Like I'm gonna, that's insane. I'll give oh, myself man. a uh, preemptive ding and uh, put a coin in the jar. But I was thinking about this uh, recently with, with Rogers on McAfee and the whole Kimmel thing. And just like thinking about how he injured himself, you know, on the first series. And if, if you're a Jets fan, you know, at, at the end of this coming off season, you will have gotten 18 months of all of the off season Rogers stuff and none of the on field stuff, literally none of it. All of the stuff that we hated dealing with and none of the fun stuff, which was reflecting on how all of his great throws, like being absolutely in awe at his efficiency numbers, et cetera, et cetera. You get all of the baggage, none of the good stuff. Yeah. And uh, you know, to the note Nuggie brought up enjoying the football, like, look, I'm always going to, to some degree, enjoy watching the Packers, even when it sucks. But like, it is so fun now. Um, because the focus is is on the play like it, and it wasn't always that like towards the end of the Rogers era it, it wasn't necessarily you know it was really hard to block out all the all the extra noise that came with the you know the interviews with you know the McAfee and a cutoff and the stoic AJ Hawk I love that that's taken this long to become like a, a Stonehenge AJ Hawk on, on the internet people by are the finally way. like what do you do here, AJ? <laughs> like and enough eyes are now on Rogers because guy. he's gone far enough off the rails and started to like, you know, penetrate into Hollywood and all that stuff with his, his craziness that people are finally noticing <laughs> that AJ Hawk is a non-speaking role in an audio medium. Yeah. Like, he's amazing. basically an Easter Island statue with a stogie. Yep. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Um, why don't we head on over to Degenerate Corner, step on out, and um, it's a special edition of Degenerate Corner. Oh, almost uh, stepped on some gum there. Oh, there's a guy peeing on the sidewalk. All right, let's pull into the alley here. Um, special edition Going today. To the alley here. <laughs> because uh, I wanted to revisit our season-long props to see um, to see how we did Ooh, now that the like season it. has like officially it. ended. So we'll go scroll back up to the top of our dock here. And uh, first one up, what do we got? Packers win-loss over under 7.5. I took the under. <laughs> you guys banged the over on that one. <laughs> yes. Uh, see, I was team six wins is all I need from the very beginning. So I'm on cloud nine. I'm happy to be wrong about this one, but you guys are in the money there. Yeah. What's crazy is it took, yeah, three, four weeks ago. Didn't even think it was a possibility. Um, so we're in the money, baby. We love it. Uh, next one up is Christian Watson touchdown over under 4.5. I think we squeaked in. Did he get, Is that did, true? Did he have five? I think really? He had, yes, I think he has five. Uh, please hold. He does. Yeah. Yes. How? That's so awesome. <laughs> That's unbelievable. Five with only twenty-eight catches. That's Nailed amazing. It. 
28 catches. Five he only has outs. 28 catches this year. Yeah, guys never playing, man. I guess he never like plays. 400 yards. <laughs> yeah. Incredible. It's amazing. Jordan Love touchdowns 21.5. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Hanging the over uh, on that. I one. mean, insulting. Excellent. <laughs> Love it. Unbelievable. Uh, next up on the list Romeo Dobbs receiving yards 550.5. Where do we land on that one? I think he's got uh, over 600. Yeah, Romeo Dobbs has um, 674 receiving yards. Nailed it. Are his touchdowns on there? No. So I could, uh, no. uh, I'm not spoiling anything when I say eight touchdowns as well. Hmm, not a bad not return bad, for Mr. Romeo. Bad. All right. We nailed that one. Look at um, our optimism coming to fruition. Yeah. Uh, here's where I think here's where. Let's see. AJ Dillon rushing touchdowns over under 6.5. That's a lofty goal. We didn't hit that, right? Uh, three. How many rushing? I doubt it. I mean, like, I don't even remember. He had two. Two. Um, But let's see. see. Uh, You took, Alex, you took the under. Nick, Mr. Optimism with the over. (laughs) Did I take a single (laughs) under? Probably no, not. <laughs> no. Overall, day. I mean that's the only under I took. So, well, yeah, you're you're batting a thousand so far, AP. Yeah, Zach also took the under on on Dylan. So, props to you. Uh, I think those were all of our season long props, right? That's it. There we, we go. It. Great job, everybody. <laughs> we're in the money <laughs> for sure. I gotta tell you, uh, six weeks ago, it's not looking so good on some of these. <laughs> yeah nope um do we have anything for the cowboys game yet it's uh wednesday Uh, evening as we record two nominations that i've thrown on the spreadsheet uh nick yeah i know you could pull up DraftKings and look there are the great thing about it being a playoff game is there's going to be like an abundance of props you can take there are some already but not that many so uh there will probably be many more that i do take but i did already place uh, some American dollars on uh, on the ones I'm going to nominate right now. So, and then I'm going to explain to you why, and it will be like my concise preview of the entire game. Um, I kind of like Jordan Love passing yards and rushing yard combo. So they have these stat combos for the quarterbacks. So Jordan Love passing and rushing yard combo, 257 and a half. Kind of high, but I think I'm going to take the over. Okay. Um, and I'm going to factor in, you know, the probably 15 rushing yards of Jordan Love rushing that I would take the over on anyway. Um, and yeah, um, I'm very excited to see this man perform in the playoffs. It feels high my, for, a, for a betting line, but I, I love your optimism. And then Dak Prescott, same bet, passing and rushing yard combo, 297 and a half, 40 yards more. Ooh. I'm taking the under. And I think if I had to guess that the Packers approach to this game is going to be to run the ball a decent amount, try to establish the run, try to limit the amount of possessions and time that Dak is on the field, more specifically, probably CeeDee Lamb yeah. uh, on the field. Um, plus, playoff Dak has a tendency sometimes to not be so great. Uh, I think they may do well to, you know, bring some pressure, but overall I think it's going to be about the well, the way the Packers are going to approach it offensively. Now that might detract a little bit from the Jordan love over thing, but I also think establishing the run sets up the play action pass and some downfield shots that I know Matt LaFleur is going to take in this game because he likes to, uh, you know, Jordan likes to let it fly a little bit sometimes, you know? So um, I've heard that. I have heard that. I'm uh, that's, that's what I'm going with. Those are my nominations. I, and I'll be totally honest. There was no Wix prop when I looked so far. And <laughs> that's I our weekly Wix that, watch. There's, there's a I lot know. of Cowboys player props, but I think that's because there's less uh, uncertainty around who's playing and who's not. Whereas yeah. like with the Packers, like you can't really establish the Wix line without knowing if Christian Watson and Romeo Dobbs are going to play, et cetera, et cetera. So um, not that many player props for the Packers outside of love so far, but those are my nominations. Like them, hate them, nominate your own. That's that's all I've got. <laughs> so there was there was one, at least one Wix prop that I stumbled upon. Ooh, and it was 
anytime touchdown plus 320. Now, is he going to find the end zone again after two last week? I mean, if he's the next Devontae Adams, that release off the line, I mean, he'll he'll always find the end zone, won't he? (laughs) It's a sure bet. So I'm not positive if I'm taking that one. Um, I wish I wasn't I wasn't even anticipating so many lines being already out having you know having it be the playoffs so i wish i would have looked a little closer but there's one that i do like um and they're uh it's the pass attempts dak prescott over under is 34 and a half and jordan love is over 35 and a half i think prescott smashes over 34 and a half pass attempts if it's going to be a shootout like they're going to throw the ball all over the place so I would take that. Um, and you're right, like no receiving prop for Wicks yet, but is it going to be the C.D. Lamb game? He's probably getting over 100 yards. Like, it's probably yeah. happening. It's at, 90, I think. I mean... it's at 96 and a half. It could be like a Brandon Cooks situation too, but I think the obvious guy would be Lamb. Um, I kind of want to take... Aaron Jones rushing 69 and a half. Like, are they just going to be throwing it all over? Is it going to be catch up? Like it depends on, it depends on how the game plays out. Yeah. So I probably stay away from that. Yeah. So, so here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to, I'm going to take Wicks touchdown plus three twenty. I mean, for plus three twenty, that's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm going to take better touchdown threats in the game. Right. In this game, not like the game, like the sport. <laughs> yeah, not yet. CD Lamb first touchdown is not a bad bet. I've made some good money on that throughout the years, but I'm not going to take that. I'm taking Dak Prescott over 34 and a half pass attempts, and I'm taking Dontavian Wicks to find the end zone and a Packers victory. I don't know, seven. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, or at least seven and a half points. That's a lot of points. Yeah, I don't know, man. The mentality seems really good. Like, I think they're hungry and they're not just like, oh, we're so lucky to be here. There is the we're playing with house money thing. Weirder things have happened. Yeah, it's interesting. I think it was um, I think it was uh, the Green 19 pod, uh, Ryan Wood and, and Tom Silverstein talking about sort of the vibes of these two teams heading into this game and like, um. That the Packers are, yeah, they're playing with house money. They're loose. They're young. They're just hyped that they're winning. They're having fun. On the other side, you've got the Cowboys, who um, are a better team, but there's a tightness over there, um, and it starts up at the coaching staff. You've got the pressure from from Jerry Jones. It's you know always looming over you, and and we're very fond of Mike, and I think you know McCarthy, and I think that he's done uh, a great job there, but. In a with in a in Jerry world, you're never more than a, a loss or two away on the big stage um, from from getting the axe. And I think um, you know you always got to view it as a as a must win situation in the playoffs. So the the vibe there is probably a little bit tighter. Um, vibes don't necessarily win football games, though. I'm curious what you guys think a winning effort from the Packers looks like here. I think that. Um, my my thinking is that if the Packers can be plus two in in the turnover battle, and they can win time of possession, then they can they can find a way to win a close game, like an annoyingly mm. close game, like twenty eight to twenty seven, or something like that. I yeah, if they if they're if they're up two in the turnover battle, that that would be great. Um, yeah, I think I think that's probably got to be a key, and I think um, establish some of the run with with Jones. Like, we're it's potentially the last game of the season. He should not be on a pitch count. Like, have him everywhere in your offense and try to control time of possession. The less time they have on the field, the less opportunity obviously things have from getting out of hand. So. I would agree. I would agree with you. And it's just going to take like, it's going to take spectacular. It's going to take like probably three spectacular love throws that are like, Oh, holy yeah. hell. How did he do that? Yeah. And 
I agree with all of that. And the only thing I would add is the approach uh, from our our guy, Joe Barry. Um, yeah. Needs to be one of, you know, we got nothing to lose as well. Yeah. Like, there is no shame if C.D. Lamb beats you deep. That's like, Yeah, I, I agree rather, with that. I would rather make Dak Prescott have to make a bunch of really good throws downfield. Right. And make it easy for him. Like, dude, let Jair loose, man. Screw it. Like, who knows how long he's going to be around the franchise. Just let that monster go. <laughs> like, let him do his thing. And let him chat his shit and, like, get in people's heads. And, um, you know, if, if you're going to, like, you know, win the turnover battle and possibly create a turnover or two that could swing the game, you have to be aggressive. Yeah. Um, and, and there were something... times in the Bears games they weren't, and then there were times in the Bears game that they were. So I was very happy about that. But there were still a few times I'm like, why are we not challenging on the line of scrimmage? We know yeah. that they can't beat us downfield. And if they do, who gives a crap? Our season's on the line. Well, I know? do think against the Bears and against the Vikings, so these last two games, Joe Barry has done a better job of calling more of a mix of zone and man, and then throwing yeah. in some pressures there to your point, Alex, maybe not as much as we might like to see on certain, uh, on certain plays, but, um, the, the Cowboys are, a, that's a much different offensive animal than these last two teams we just played. Absolutely. But you know, again, like if you're going to force mistakes, it's not going to happen by, you know, letting, keeping everything in front of you. And I just don't think they stand a chance at winning. If that's, I would almost rather get beaten with big plays so we could get the ball back quicker yeah. and have them just dominate the, the uh, possession and, and just slowly bleed us to death. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, we've, we've seen enough like out of a Carrington Valentine, we know what Jair can do. Like if, if they're not playing scared, if they're, if they're up, not keeping everything in front of them, but taking some risks. I would, I don't mind going down swinging that way. It's just those chunk plays over the middle of the field. Like they're going to be spread out. So, you know, there's going to be cross CD Lamb's going to get open on a couple crossers. Like that's bound to happen. Um, but that's fine. Like we'll, we'll get beat on some of that stuff, but just don't play scared. Who is the, um, Sorry, I, I don't know why I'm just nominating things to elongate this episode. <laughs> but much to Zach's point uh, about like what the Packers win looks like, who's the player that like you feel like could and needs to have like just like his game? Um, I feel like this could be a, a I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of rooting for like a Rashawn Gary game. Okay. Like, I could see him like making a game changing strip sack. Yeah. And he's just an absolute animal. Well, um, and that's, you know, that's contained in my plus two turnover battle stipulation. Uh, you know, they got to, you know, whether it's uh, a, a pick or two, as as you pointed out, Alex, the Dak prone to that in the postseason, it seems. And we know McCarthy is going to want to throw it uh, all game long. Um, so, yeah, is it a is, is there going to be an Allentine of the week uh, with a pick? Is it a strip sack situation? One way or another, we gotta we gotta make Dak turn the ball over. Yeah. Yep. That and third and longs, like just getting home. Like no Tommy Cutlets not <laughs> touching the quarterback. Like there there has there have <laughs> Why to you gotta be do like that? Why you gotta do that to me? I don't know. Like there's gotta be like like four or five sacks in this game. That would be great. Yeah. Or at least some pressure. Oh yeah, it sounds like we need a lot of things to happen for this. For this that's to go my right. that's my point. That's my point. Yeah. I'm not sitting here be like, yes, they're going to get two interceptions yeah. and yeah, 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 they're going to run the ball down their throat and everything's going to be great. It's like no, the Cowboys are going to score at least 24 points, maybe as many as 40. It's going to be like it could, it could get turned on its head real quick. Yeah, and we just got to be open to accepting that if it happens. But we've seen all of these things that we've talked about come together throughout the season so it could happen damn right it could right. happen and with that we're gonna hit the polka um one final note nug from ryan who tweeted in what a stupid season let's keep it going <laughs> <laughs> um that's how i feel it's all gravy we're riding the gravy train to Footballville. I don't know. Where are you guys watching the game? <laughs> you guys watching together? We we're gonna have to watch together, but I'm. We're, I think we're too afraid to watch out in public, so it's gonna be at one of our homes. 
Yeah, last time we went to Tom and Jerry's, it was a bit of a meltdown, huh? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> we'll have to uh, call it quits on Tom and Jerry's for the rest of this season, I think, and then maybe give it a shot next At year. least, yeah. I will be on my couch, excited, pleased as punch to be watching postseason football again, much to the chagrin of every other fan of every other team in the NFC North. <laughs> the Packers did again. Good stuff. Um, oh, one more thing before we go. I uh, wanted to announce the winner of the Pick'em League is Ben Manthe or Manth. Uh, get at me if I uh, mispronounced your name. Uh, I have your email address, so I will reach out to you about sending you a prize. Thanks to everyone uh, who played. I almost won. I was almost the top uh, top, number one place uh, this last week. Actually, he knocked me out. So uh-huh. um, good I'm, for you for keeping up with it. Well, I'm <laughs> I run the damn thing. <laughs> I uh, I did keep up with it and still finished fifteenth. Fifteenth eh, league <laughs> average. <laughs> um, you know, could have been better. Not so That's bad. Okay. All right. Congrats to Ben. Thanks for ever uh, to everyone for playing, and. Um, yeah, we're going to call it quits on this episode. Uh, keep it locked into the Acme Packing Company podcast feed. We'll have Justice and a guest later this week previewing the McCarthy Bowl. Um, and as always, um, keep up on the blog, acmepackingcompany.com, for all your Packers needs. And, um, yeah, playoff football. Let's go, baby. <laughs> <laughs>